Today we got a nuclear revenge story against a workplace bully. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, welcome home baby Abraham. Maya and I had been married for more than six years, and when things ended between the both of us, I felt the brunt of her leaving. Our story goes way back to two years after we'd gotten married, when we were just getting ready to welcome our only son, Abraham, to the world. The day I found out that I was going to be a father has been by far the best day of my entire life. We were both overjoyed. At the time we had the initial scare most parents would have when faced with the reality of welcoming their newborn. The joy was present and so was the overwhelming fear of how, where, and when to begin preparing to make changes. And last of all, if we were ever going to be good parents to our newborn. At the time, I wasn't too financially okay. But as the time went on, about a few months into her pregnancy, five months to be precise, I got a notice that a promotion was heading my way. But I just didn't know if I would be successfully promoted or when the promotion would take place. But I just knew it would be coming. This was great news to Maya as we'd already began to worry a bit, considering that we were still both struggling to clear off our student loans, joined with completing our monthly house rent of close to $680 monthly, all while still trying to save up to get baby stuffs for the latest addition to our family, and also clearing off my car. At the time, we were really getting along with each other. I helped her in ways that I could. I tried as much as possible to reduce her workload, getting most of her basic necessities when she needed them and she did her best to stress herself less. It was a really long nine months, but soon after, the end of our journey was in sight. During her pregnancy period, she would often complain to me about how she missed our previous lifestyle, of how she could do next to anything, wear every single one of the clothes she had and she almost went to tears one evening when she felt bad about how the pregnancy had ruined her. At the time, I felt it was due to her hormones and that she would feel much better when the baby was here. And sure enough, she did. But soon after our baby had come into our lives, she had returned to her usual self. She seemed even happier every time she was with our baby. I tried as much as possible to make taking care of our baby a joint effort, with most of the work on my side than on hers. By doing this, I made sure that she could be able to get back on her feet and prepare herself to get back to work and all. I guess this was my first mistake, as there were some times when she would leave the house saying she wanted to head to the shopping mall to get some things for the baby or she's heading to her friend's place and that they were both heading to the salon to get both their hair done. And almost everything she went out, she would almost definitely come back home at night because she usually leaves by 3pm, which was when I would just be getting back from my place of work. Then I'd be the one with the baby till she decides she wanted to come home. At the time, I initially thought there was no pressing thing I needed her for at home, as I also wanted to spend more time with our son, as I thought it would make good experience for me and also create a stronger father and son bond. One particular day, she had gone out as she usually does, and this was past a year she had brought our son into this world. She said she was heading to work, and then from there her girls had planned to take her out, so she called to tell me that she would be coming in late. At the time, I was a bit frustrated with trying to balance working at home with caring to every single need of baby Abraham. I had discussed with Maya initially that when baby Abraham had come of age, probably age two or three, we should get a nanny to take care of him as we were both busy with work and things weren't becoming easier anytime soon. She initially was against this idea, saying she didn't want to leave the care of her baby in the hands of a stranger, but soon after she came through and agreed to it. But on this day, I was overly preoccupied with a lot, and her call triggered me. I asked why she was this carefree and always heading out when she was already a mother and all. 
I also called her out on not carrying on her motherly duties and all. She went silent as she hung up the phone. At the time, I hadn't realized how insensitive I sounded until a few minutes later. I tried to call her back, but she had turned her phone off. I also left countless messages for her, to which I didn't receive a response. I just thought she would come home and we would talk things out and all. It was way past the time she should be coming home and I hadn't seen her. I was beginning to worry, but I just thought she got delayed. A few more hours passed by and still there was no sign of her coming home. Her phone was still switched off and she wasn't reachable via any means. So I'd begun to worry seriously, but I couldn't go out and look for her and leave baby Abraham at home. So I waited until he fell asleep, which was really late at night, at around 10pm. It was then I heard a knock at the door. It was a friend of Maya's. She came to tell me that Maya was with the girls and that she knew I would be worried, so she told Maya to at least give a call or leave a text. But she insisted that she would do no such thing. So she decided to come and tell me herself that Maya was not coming home that day. I thanked her for informing me. While she was leaving as I closed the door, a lot of things went through my mind. But I didn't know how to process all these thoughts I was having. I went to sleep only after leaving her countless voicemails, calls, and messages. Maya came back home the next morning, as she'd already spent the night outside our home for the first time in a while. I tried to talk to her, but she kept on giving me the cold shoulder. This went on for weeks until I decided to sit her down and talk to me as we were married, and if she had anything to tell me, she should do so to my face, rather than try to maintain a no-talking policy with me. Finally, she had decided to pour out her mind to me. She said what I said about her not performing her motherly duties really hurt her, and she didn't expect that from me. I explained the whole situation at the time to her and how I most definitely didn't mean to say that. She agreed to let things get back to the way they were for the sake of the baby, but I thought that things would go back to the way they were. Oh boy was I wrong. Sure enough, we got back to conversing like we used to, but I noticed some changes with her. First off, there were some instances where she would avoid my touch. She was at home fewer times than I can count these days, and the ones that surprises me now but didn't back then was when she said we should make our joint savings open, mainly because she didn't want to spend too much on getting stuffs for our son and trying to find a suitable nanny for when we're not home. Thinking back now, I feel I was a bit unwise at the time, probably because of the way she convinced me back then. We both went to the bank and made it open for the both of us. We still kept some separate amount of money every week as we used to, and I paid it no mind because the money that was there was more than enough for the both of us, and even for our son to use to live comfortably, even if Maya and I were to stop working. All these changes that I'd noticed at the time didn't really seem like much until one dreadful day. I got back from work, as usual. I went into our son's room. He wasn't there. I checked our baby area and the kitchen for both Maya and Abraham. They were both nowhere to be found. I initially thought that they both went out. So I went back to my study to complete the work I'd brought back home after I'd prepared something for myself. I was so lost in my work that I hadn't realized that the time was far gone. It was already past 9pm and instantly I was beyond worried. I called her countless times to no avail, tried her parents' line, they said they hadn't seen her, called her friends that came over to my place the other day, she said the same thing also. It was here I was beginning to have some weird thoughts. To clear my mind, I went to baby Abraham's room to check for his things. To my greatest surprise, his wardrobe had been cleared out. I fell to my knees. I began crying, unexpectedly. I didn't know what to do at the time. 
My heart began raving. I had different things running through my mind at the time, but the most important thing was to find my family first. I went down to the kitchen to check if she left a message or something. She did leave a message, but what I read still breaks my heart till this day. She had taken my son and all the money we had in savings, plus some other things in the house. She said she left mainly because she didn't feel anything for me anymore, as the time went by, and that she didn't know how she would tell me, and so she just took off when I'd left the house for work. I was broken. There was nothing I could do again except sit in my house alone, wallowing and crying my eyes out. I was shattered. I stopped going into work, my bills went unpaid, my family came to check up on me, all while trying to, in their own way, make things better. Nothing worked. The single thought of not being able to see my son again was what really made things worse each passing day. I had no idea how terrible things had gotten until the friend of Maya that came to meet me the other night came to check up on me. She really was the nicest person ever. She brought me food after she heard I hadn't eaten in days. She tried to get me to clean myself up and get myself and my things together. Basically, most of the things she said had little to no effect on me then in my state, but she made some research and had to put in some calls to some friends she had that were lawyers. And apparently they said there might be a way for me to get my son back and also the money she took from me. This immediately changed my demeanor as I became more alive than I'd ever been. I really didn't know the full details of the legal procedures as most of the legalities were handled by Amanda, my wife's friend, and our lawyer, Candace. My main focus at the time was to get my son by all available means. The court proceeding went on for more than a month as there were apparent delays and adjournments until the final days of the blessed month of December. The court ahead adjourned the last court session, mainly because of the lateness of one of the parties involved, Maya, and we were to reconvene in the following week. During this court session, for the first time in a while, I had finally seen my son, who was at the time already three years old. The court asked me various questions which was focused around how our roles were divided up in our home, up to how much our work affected the well-being of the baby, and also aspects of parental responsibility on my path and on Maya's path. Things got heated in the court for a while, and the judge had to call for a recess. To cut the whole court proceeding short, the court found her on some grounds and asked her to repay back the exact amount she took from our account, and also to pay a certain amount to the court all while leaving the baby with me, because the court deemed she was unqualified to take care of our baby at that point. I was overjoyed as I almost went down in tears. This was the second happiest day of my life, as the first was welcoming my son into this world. The second would be getting my son back. She pleaded for visitations, and the judge passed the baton to me, asking whether or not I would permit it. As I looked into her eyes, I was filled with different emotions, as I was thinking of what to do to get back at her. I straight out denied her visitation privileges, ever. The look on her face when she realized that, the last time she would ever see her child was in the court, when I took him from her, was my way of getting back at her for the hurt she had caused me. Getting my son back and putting my life along the right track was a really good feeling. One I wouldn't trade with anything in the world. Welcome back home, baby Abraham. Now I'm not saying a parent like this should be outlawed from ever seeing their kid again or denied any visitation rights, but I do say it does make a pretty compelling case against them if they're the kind of person that took the kids, took all the money, and planned to just run off and disappear. 
never letting the other party see their kid again until they got caught up in the, you know, law. That said, our next story is how I got back at my colleague at work for constantly bullying my girlfriend. This was how I got back at my coworker for constantly picking on my girlfriend and me. He even tried but failed, thankfully, to get either of us fired. My revenge was petty and quite simple compared to many other revenge stories, but it got me the results I desired. My girlfriend and I started working in the office as interns. I liked her from the first day I saw her and, honestly, who wouldn't? She was drop-dead gorgeous. She had a perfect face, lustrous shiny hair, lovely dentition, and a beautiful smile. And her rear was simply divine. Don't judge me, anyone with eyes would have seen them. We were five interns in total and she stood out for obvious reasons. All the guys at work liked her and were willing to do just about anything for her. They moved mountains for her before she even asked. Okay, maybe not mountains, but they did move staplers, hangers from the fashion room, chairs, props, and boxes of clothes that we had delivered even though it was her job to move those things. Apart from easily being the most beautiful woman in every room, she moved like she was walking straight out of a modeling show. She walked so well and just had this diva air to her. Despite being that attractive, she was down to earth and funny too. Hardly took herself too seriously and told the funniest jokes. I was smitten. Before my girlfriend and I started dating, nearly all the guys at work wanted her. Even those who weren't exactly age-appropriate. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. For her gave her special attention. One could tell that if she were to as much as wink at them, they'd grab the opportunity with both hands. The colleague who was picking on my girlfriend at work was just a step above us. He had just completed his internship and was offered full-time employment when we were accepted as interns. Since he was still a fresh intern, he was tasked with the responsibility of overseeing the interns and generally showing us the ropes. Like many of the guys at work, this colleague had a crush on my girlfriend. He did things for her, paid special attention to her, and even tried, a cringe-worthy attempt may I add, to flirt with her right before the others numerous times. My girlfriend is someone who doesn't like to offend people, so she'd smile at him politely whenever he started to flirt with her. But one thing was clear, she wasn't interested. It was always painful for the rest of us interns to watch him spend so much time trying to get her to notice him. I suffered from secondhand embarrassment just watching him make a fool of himself. The other three would even crack jokes about the whole situation. I didn't know that something had happened between my girlfriend and our colleague until we started dating and she told me. But I did notice at some point that he stopped being attentive and nice and was being hostile toward her. Since we weren't close friends or anything and our relationship ended at the office, 
I couldn't talk to her about his hostility. I also had a huge crush on her and was too scared to even speak to her about anything that was not work-related. Surprisingly, one day, the prettiest girl at work, now my girlfriend, walked up to me while I was taking my lunch break in my car and asked if I wanted to see a movie together. A movie, I asked, willing myself to not stutter. Yes, I heard you saying you love old movies. I love old movies too. That's great. I'll be there. I didn't think for a minute that she was asking me on a date. I just figured that she was telling me that the other interns were going to see a movie together and that she came up with the idea. Still, I was flattered that she'd invited me personally because, as I said, we hardly discussed anything that wasn't work-related. That Saturday, I cleaned up nicely, dressed to stand out from other guy interns at the cinema. I met her just at the entrance and she welcomed me with a big smile. Where are the others? I asked when I saw her. The others? Yeah, they're late, aren't they? She said, no, they're not coming. She hesitated a bit and then said, no one else is coming. I looked around in confusion, still oblivious to what was going on. Did they cancel or... I'm sorry if I miscommunicated myself when I came to you earlier, she said. I looked on, wondering what was going on. I don't understand, I finally said when the silence got very awkward. I asked you out, she said, looking embarrassed. This was supposed to be a date. I was even more embarrassed to not have caught on to that when she came up to me that Friday. I just didn't think that she would ever be interested in me. I knew I was a smart kid, and yes, I was cute too, and the girls I went to college with made sure to tell me, but I didn't think I was good enough for her. She had richer and more brilliant men begging to be with her anyway. Things were awkward at first, but we soon got over it and loosened up around each other. Since I already liked her and she liked me too, it didn't take a long time for us to start dating officially. We, however, decided to keep our relationship a secret from the others at work until we were done with our internship. Luckily for the two of us, we were selected and offered full-time employment at the end of our internship. We then decided to stop hiding our relationship, and that was when the colleague at work started picking on us. First, he went to Human Resources and reported our relationship. He said he was worried that our relationship would interfere with work, and he wasn't comfortable having us in his team. I found out that he reported to us from my cousin, who was close friends with someone who worked in Human Resources. He even suggested to HR that either of us get fired or transferred to another department, which wasn't even an option because our job description was quite specialized. Human Resources invited my girlfriend and me one Monday morning and had us answer a number of questions. We were asked to explain how we intended to ensure that our romantic relationship would not affect our work in the office. After we had answered the questions and done the separate and joint interviews, they decided that we could work together effectively but we were no longer in the same team. I was yanked out of the team, but my girlfriend stayed. The problematic work colleague remained in the team with my girlfriend, and he was making work heck for my girlfriend. He would bully her, make mean remarks about everything she did, and even subtly insult her. All this bullying started to get to her, and it affected her performance at work. When she told me about what he'd been doing to her, she mentioned that he'd asked her out when we were still interns and even tried to kiss her once at work. She rejected him on both occasions and told him that she could never date someone she worked with. I guess her rejecting him and then going on to date me, someone whom she'd worked with, angered him. Aside from bullying my girlfriend, whenever we worked together, he would try to make snide remarks about my work too. It was so bad that my team leader noticed his condescension once and warned him to back off. 
I knew this colleague liked the food. I'd noticed how much attention he paid to his food and how he always neatly arranged foods and drinks in the office fridge. I decided to get my revenge using food. The first food I took from him was a sandwich. I watched him from my desk as he arranged his sandwich on a plastic plate and left. Shortly before the break, I walked up to the fridge, took his sandwich, and went out to eat lunch with another co-worker since my girlfriend was busy working and couldn't take her break just yet. While I was out having lunch with the other co-worker, she saw her sister-in-law with some friends and she left our table to chat with them. I snuck out the sandwich and ate it. It was delicious and worth the risk. Possibly the best sandwich I've had in my life, but that was probably because it came with the satisfaction of knowing that the guy who was bullying my girlfriend at work was missing his lunch. We returned to the office and saw the said colleague looking very irritated. My girlfriend told me later that he'd been very upset about his sandwich and was yelling about it. Everyone was concerned at first, but they soon ignored him when he accused me of stealing his sandwich. He thought you stole it? I asked my girlfriend, resisting the urge to burst out laughing and confessing to her that I did it. Yeah, and everyone thought he was being ridiculous because I don't eat meat. I said, what a silly dude. The week after, I saw him keep his food in the fridge. I had watched him keep his food for days after I took his sandwich, and one thing was clear. He hardly ever ate out. He'd rather eat whatever food he brought from home. I waited for a time when everyone was busy working and told my coworker that I needed to pee just to have someone have my back if I got accused. I went to the fridge and took out his food. I knew it was his because of how he secluded and neatly arranged it in the fridge. He also had a small bottle of what looked like orange juice. I took them along with me and tossed them in the bathroom bin. That afternoon, I witnessed his outburst. I am being targeted in this office, I heard him yelling. Everyone at the office was irritated by the noise. Some thought it was hilarious and some others just rolled their eyes and didn't think the food was worth the noise he was making. That's it. First it was my sandwich and now this? I'm going to HR about this. It's silly that someone keeps taking your food from the office fridge. Whoever needs to stop. We're not in high school anymore, I heard my girlfriend say. You really do have a good heart because after he accused you of stealing his food last week, I would ignore him if I were you, I heard another person say to my girlfriend. I rolled my eyes and thought about how right the person was. My girlfriend is quite kind-hearted. She is protective of everyone and often just wants to do what she believes is the right thing. I think he deserves to have his food stolen, I told my girlfriend that evening. No, that's mean. He may be a jerk, but everyone deserves to eat. I rolled my eyes and she punched me playfully. Come on, I know how you get when you badly want to eat something and you don't get it. I said, yeah, that's how I understand and I'm pleased about his frustration. Jerk, she said, frowning. I agree. The next day, the bully colleague went to the fridge numerous times to check his food. I just hate that it's come to this, he'd say loud enough for everyone to hear. Food is no longer safe at work. Most people just ignored him. Just before close, two people from Human Resources came in and asked to have a word with everyone. We will not tolerate petty stealing at work, one of the men said, trying to conceal his amusement. Please respect yourselves and keep your hands away from other people's food. This has happened twice and cannot be waved off as an accident anymore. We need cameras in the kitchen area, the bully colleague said loudly. Some people burst out laughing. Yeah, let's throw in some security guards and bouncers to protect your food too, someone joked. And the whole room erupted in laughter. 
He'd made a lot of noise about his missing food, so for a full month, I didn't touch his food. At the time, he'd become a joke at work. He tried many times to redeem his image, but regardless of what he did, everyone saw him as the guy who nearly went crazy because of food. He'd also stopped bullying my girlfriend, but she still told me that he was quite hostile with her. Nearly two months after the meeting with Human Resources, I watched him save his food in the fridge once again and decided that I was going to mess with him one last time. It was a busy day for their team and they were all running around trying to beat deadlines and all that. While everyone was busy running around, I snuck into the kitchen and took his food. Again, it was a delicious homemade sandwich. I took it to the bathroom and ate it there. Yeah, gross, I know, but the deliciousness was worth it. That afternoon, the bully guy was all over the office yelling and swearing. If someone was stealing my food, I'd probably bring in an extra plate for them because they clearly need that food, one woman at work said with a shrug. He yelled at her and they started to yell at each other. It was a mess, really. He made a fool of himself at work, and not many people were willing to listen to him. Most people ignored him and the rest made fun of him. I know I'm being targeted, he kept screaming. Things got worse because it was a busy day for most people and they were all cranky, including him. They just wanted him to shut up so they could focus, but he wasn't having it at all. He kept screaming. That was the last time I messed with him by stealing his food, but I achieved my goal. He became the object of ridicule. People still tell inside jokes about the situation. It was a subtle way of getting back at someone, but it was very effective. For a full year, no one at work took him seriously. They cracked jokes about his food and even coined names for him. Most importantly, he stopped bullying my girlfriend and he stopped his bad comments about me. To this day, my girlfriend doesn't know I did it. I don't plan to ever tell her because I know she'd be pissed. So although OP had their reasons, and honestly I'm surprised that this guy didn't try to mix it up in any way, as far as changing up their storage habits in the fridge, or maybe getting a coworker to allow them to put their name on those things, or the very classic way of changing all of their food with like cat food, tuna, this guy just went full definition of insanity, just kept hoping every time they put their lunch back in that fridge, in the exact same way that something was going to change. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.